You're listening to the Christian Humanist Podcast, your source for mostly civil discussions about theology, philosophy, literature, and other things that human beings do well. Join us each week for our conversations and visit our website at christianhumanist.org, where you can email us, read our blog, and order merchandise paying homage to the most important Christian thinkers of the past two millennia. And now, the hosts of the Christian Humanist Podcast, David Grubbs, Nathan Gilmore, and Michael Farmer. Hey, welcome all to uh, this, the first episode of the third season to, uh, uh, let's see, the second full school year and the fall semester of the Christian Humanist Podcast. Lord of mercy. Um, We have so many different names for time here. Uh, This is David Grubbs, and uh, this is our first episode back after a semi-hiatus over the summer. We had... Uh, a few episodes with uh, special episodes with our guests, um, but now it's back into the regular swing of uh, an episode a week. Correct, gentlemen? That's right. That is our hope. Awesome. Well, with me, as uh, last year, were uh, my partners in podcast, Michael Farmer. Uh, how are you doing, Michael? Oh, I'm pretty good. How about you, David? Yeah, pretty decent. How about you, Nathan? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, that was Nathan Gilmore. He's here, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is a new year. Um, a lot of stuff that's different. A lot of stuff that's staying the same. Um, what have we got going on this fall, uh, gentlemen? Are there any changes in our circumstances we'd like to share with our readers? Well, our longtime listeners will know that I, when I hosted, I always referred to myself as an unemployed graduate student, which I can't do anymore. Now I'm a marginally employed graduate student. I'm th- teaching uh, three sessions, uh, sections of remedial reading and writing at uh, Tallahassee Community College. So that'll be good. Cool. Hey, Nathan, what about you? Well, doing well here. I have moved across the hall in Aaron Hall. David, you'll appreciate this. I have a window now, which is Ooh. quite an improvement. Uh, both my kids are doing well, although all four members of my household have had strep infections in the last two weeks. We are all on either on the antibiotics or done with the antibiotics and healthy again. Uh, so really, I'm feeling pretty good right now about life. What you teaching this semester? This semester, I'm teaching an English 200 section, Intro to Lit, and cool. then I'm teaching the Honors Composition section. So I'm actually teaching some Plato, teaching some... Bible along with the writing class and having a good time at it. How about you, David? That sounds like exciting stuff. Um, Wheel. Last spring, uh, I was adjuncting at a manual. I'm not there this semester. Um, Just just too busy to add another layer to the cake. Um, Do miss my students, though, and if you, uh, uh, as you see them, Nathan, if you could give them my regards if they if they happen to remember me. (laughs) <laughs> I'm teaching a section of uh, the first British literature survey, which means I finally get to talk about my favorite thing in the world, Beowulf, <laughs> um, and basically am dragging my students through three weeks of Beowulf. Um, Holy cow. I hope, yeah, I hope they survive. Um, it's going to be exciting. Uh, also... <laughs> I'm hoping to get finished this coming May. Uh, my dissertation is taunting me at the moment, but uh, yeah. 
I want to buckle down and get that thing done. It should be noted, we're, we're kind of in a three-way race to who's going to be a doctor first, right? Because, I mean, I could conceivably finish in May. I mean, I'm you, not going to, but I could conceivably finish in May. My money's on grubs. <laughs> Nathan, haven't you been in graduate school for like 15 years? I have been, but part of that was in seminary. David and I actually started the Ph.D. program the same semester. Awesome. Mm. Well, you've got a you've got a full time job that's kind of interfering with your uh, ability to churn out a dissertation, I believe. Not to mention two small children. I thought that's well, what that... he was talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that also weighs in. Yeah. Um. Okay, so still doing a lot of the same stuff, but uh, some new developments, which. Uh, well, I will probably be referring to from time to time. Um, this is an, a, a new beginning. Uh, it's our third season, but it's the beginning of our second full year doing it. Uh, doing this, the, the Christian Humanist Podcast. And I thought with, with a year under our belt, it might be a good idea to kind of look back at uh, what, if, what, if, what is this thing that we have made? Um now, I know anyone can listen to the episode of Season 1 to hear our thoughts about Christian humanism at length. Um, but still, I think it'd be useful to revisit the subject at least briefly. So, uh, Nathan, uh, do you think you could tell us in a minute or less what we mean by Christian humanism? No, but I will tell you. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of, the, one of the things about last school year is that we sort of started this podcast. We had a general idea... And as we worked through it, you know, we had some good conversations about what exactly we were about. When we started the blog, the conversations intensified, I think. And one of the things that I would point our listeners to is our, our blog site, christianhumanist.org slash chb, as in blog, uh, has a section called Why Christian Humanism. And I think it, it gives a pretty nice overview of what we're about. Let me sum that up just as quickly as I can. Uh, one of the things we're about is being openly confessional as Christians. You know, there is a goodness, I think, to locating oneself within a tradition. Uh, in our case, you know, we all share the conviction and the confession uh, that we have been chosen to be followers of Jesus, the Messiah, uh, the man from Nazareth, who is also the second person of the Trinity. You know, that is... In our show's DNA, it's in our blog's DNA, and it's at the center of our lives. If you add that to the term humanist, that is a term that arises in the Roman Republican period to describe education that's aimed at forming the human character. Of course, it's picked up in the Christian era by folks like uh, Pico de Mirandola and especially Desiderius Erasmus, uh, who take that humanistic educational project and say, all right, this is something that Christians should be grabbing hold of. We should be practicing it well. You know, all three of us are teachers as a central part of our identity. And one of the things that I think all, all three of us can agree on is that in our teaching, we're not simply replicating ourselves. You know, one of the critiques of the modern academy, especially humanities, is that there's an obsession with uh, finding and training those who will be the next generation of specialized scholars. And I think all three of us are dedicated to a larger project, uh, an older project, of 
being in the classroom, being present, and mentoring students not just in literature and in composition and rhetoric, uh, but also in living as redeemed human beings. Uh, Michael, my head is actually getting too big for my headphones at this time, so do you want to add something? Um, just, just that I would encourage our listeners, if they, if they don't know what we mean by humanist, to go back and listen to that first episode where we give a wide variety of things it doesn't mean. Sure. Um, and, and the other thing I thought we might talk about a little bit is whether we should be called the Christian humanist or the humanist Christian. I mean, I, I, did I name this or did you, Nathan? Do you remember? It was I one, think of, one originally, of us. I, I think originally I named it. Okay. I, I go with Christian humanist. I'm with you because I like the idea of the Christian part doing the modification. But I, I think we can all agree that if we had to pick one or the other, it would be the Christian part and not the humanist part. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I, I think, though, that our project, in our project, those two inform each other to such a degree that, you know, I, I, th- I think that the genitive, or no, it's not a genitive phrase, it's a nominative modifier. It's simply part of the whole rather than, okay, we are Christians first and then we add on humanism. You know, I think that all three of us experience our Christianity through literary texts to a great degree. And I think that's part of what we're celebrating by doing this show. It's certainly difficult for me to to distangle the two. That's true. Right. And I think all three of us have been teaching and reading literature so long that, yeah, I mean, it is simply the fabric of our Christian existence to a very great deal. I know that when I teach in church, for instance, I mean, you know, the work that I do in college and on this show and in the, the blog, you know, all of it contributes. You know, it's hard for me to say where one begins and where the other ends. Now, Michael, I, th- I think I would agree with you that, you know, the Christian is definitely what separates us from humanists of other stripes and going back to the, our very first episode we certainly discussed that at length uh so i will grant that to you just forgive us in our first episode for our awkwardness oh sure <laughs> sure yeah well i feel like we're we're we've actually picked up a little bit of that awkwardness again after after the summer i feel so rusty yeah i, I feel uh, i feel a little rusty too um which kind of brings me to my second question which is we're not just Christian humanists. This is also a podcast. Um, why a podcast? What 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 led to this step? I mean, I, I ask because I actually don't know. <laughs> That's um, right. Um, Gilmore and I had been talking about doing a podcast for what about six eight months, Nathan? About that, yeah. And what what ended up happening, if people aren't familiar with the story, is I moved to Tallahassee where I didn't have any friends and I didn't have a job, and I basically sat in my office all day reading, um, which is a a very lonely way to spend time. And I I missed the academic community I had in Athens. And so I said, hey, hey Nathan, why don't we finally go through with it and do this podcast? And then um, I can't remember which one of us suggested we bring grubs into it, but the idea was all three of us went to uh, Christian colleges, and yet all three of us came out with, with fairly different theologies. I'm, I'm, a, I'm very existentialist. Grubbs is a very Calvinist, and Nathan is kind of uh, free-floating. Yes. <laughs> That's so, a good phrase for it. So I think we picked podcasts because Nathan and I shared kind of an affinity for podcasts. We, uh, 
we listened to the uh, Scriptorium Daily Middle Brow back when they used to post things more than every 11 months. And uh, <laughs> we, we just started listening to uh, the CWC radio show. Um, and, and we listened to a variety of other podcasts. We like the format. It seems something that you can do fairly easily, um, but that, you know, it lasts a long time and it, and it works well and it's, it's a good format for discussion. And so that's what we picked. Right, and then we brought Grubs on so that we could add some respectability to it. It's true. Yeah. So there'd be somebody who knew who was an expert in something. <laughs> okay, I'm 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 going to deny that. I, uh, I was thinking general moral respectability, but that works too, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, okay, we've got two seasons under our belts. We've got almost two dozen episodes. This makes tw- number twenty-four. Um, we've actually got we've actually got more than two dozen because remember we have the point one episodes where there's only one uh, two of us. Okay, all right, all right, and then you've got those odd little decimals thrown in there. Um, how do you feel that this project is shaped up? I mean, is this pretty much what you expected it would be, Nate? Well, I you know honestly, I, I had no idea whether we would even be able to do this week to week when we started out. So I mean, I've been very very pleased with it. You know, we have gotten some good reviews both from the folks over at CWC, uh, from people that I know from back in college, back in seminary, back in Indiana. Uh, there are some people here at Emmanuel College who have listened to it and enjoyed it. So, you know, one of the things that I have really enjoyed is the fact that other people enjoy it. Now, the the thing itself, uh, the ding on siege of the podcast, you know, uh, as far as the format goes, you know, I think that one of the tendencies that our our show had early on was to make it you know sort of a very tightly scripted chronological romp if (laughs) you will uh and i think that one of the things that's improved the show is we still have that diachronic element usually somewhere in every episode uh but i think that we have gotten a lot more comfortable concentrating more of our efforts in one period or another uh sometimes not even doing any history so i mean i think that the show itself has developed pretty nicely. I'm still enjoying doing it, you know, despite the rust. And, you know, I'm looking forward to a good year. Michael, I mean, what do you think about the development of the podcast? I think we've definitely gotten looser, which is never a bad thing when you're talking about um, something like a podcast or a radio show. Uh, looseness is better than tightness. But at the same time, I think we've um, actually started going deeper into issues, deeper than, than we did in the first couple of episodes. If you guys will recall, I didn't, when we, when we did the first episode, I didn't even have a list of questions. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Nathan actually invented the format we use now, which is uh, come in with questions to each of us and, and know exactly what you're going to, going to ask, if not what you're going to answer. And uh, the first episode, if you go back and listen to it, we didn't really have that. I gave the guys a list of topics, and I just kind of dove in. That was obviously a bad idea. So what's happened (laughs) is we've actually somehow gotten more scripted and, I think, looser. Yeah. Well, I I think – and this is is what's been most fun for me is just the dynamics of the three-way conversation and – the better I've gotten to know you guys, the more the more I know how to throw a pitch that you can knock out of the park. <laughs> what what David and, means is he's heard all of our stories. 
<laughs> no, more, 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 more than just that. More than just that. And and uh, and also, I mean, uh, you know, just I mean, th- this show has a dialectical uh, kind of kind of feature to it. I, th- I think um, my thinking on some things has has refined um, because of the conversation. You know, because I'm constantly, you know, the iron is constantly having to meet the other iron and uh, get sharper. So um, I, I've really appreciated that aspect of it. Right. And I mean, I, well, you guys know that I'm never afraid to toot my own horn. But I mean, <laughs> one of my favorites from last year was when we did the episode on Judas and we actually had some tension in the conversation. But, you know, it, it was one of those things where, you know, I think that if we think of our show as having any sort of educational value in itself and i'd like to think that it does that i think that you know you two who tend to be more on the conservative end of a theology of the bible and me who tends to be more of a historicist about it you know i think that we definitely came out of that show not resolving all the tension but i think we're able to live with it and still maintain that sort of aristotelian friendship that we talk about developing Mm. It was mortifying while it was happening, though. <laughs> I, I, I don't agree. I think it was invigorating. Um, I think too often Christians, uh, particularly but you know, across sectarian boundaries, are either too, com- too comfortable just kind of throwing things at each other and not having a conversation, or if they're having a conversation, trying to, uh, trying to avoid those tensions uh, because they're uncomfortable. But uh, I think a lot of uh, that that kind of conversation can be very fruitful if you get over the uh, the discomfort of it and and go ahead and have the conversation in good faith um, instead of the just hurling things at each other from our sectarian turrets. <laughs> well, I don't think we've ever had that fight like on the podcast or anywhere. I remember. David, you and I once got in a big fight about Sarah Palin, but even when we talked about <laughs> conservatism and populism in that one episode, we didn't um, we didn't we didn't get in a, in a fight on the air. We've never had the screaming match, or not yet anyway. We'll have to bring up a more a more touchy subject. We'll have to work on it. We'll have to talk about whose wife is the best looking. Well, let's see. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to touch that one. That's just going to lie there. Well, let the, let um, the listeners decide. <laughs> well. Okay, now we got some decisions. I mean, what what's in store this season? We talked about what we've enjoyed in the past ones. Um, I mean, are we going to have any more uncomfortable conversations? I mean, have we got uh, topics that you guys are itching to bring to the floor? Michael? Yeah, I, uh, I've been planning one for a while on Christian music and church music, so uh, I, I'm sure we'll do that one before too long. That's the only one I've got in the, uh, in the chamber right now. Hmm. Michael, why don't you talk about that email you got about requests for topics? Oh, sure. My uh, my old friend Nate Becker from college uh, sent sent, a, sent an email suggesting a topic, and he he uh, he says the ideas slash questions I have arise from reading a lecture turned essay by Leslie Newbigin Newbigin. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, name. Newbigin. Mm-hmm. Titled um, "Authority Dogma Dialogue." It seems to me from reading the initial section of this essay that the church has included too much with its dogma and that this is what has led to the word dogma being used in a way that is almost akin to hypocrisy that's not quite right but i think you can gather what i mean dogma being dogmatic has become a bad word for the christian and certainly for the atheist this perhaps more than anything has opened the doors to religious pluralism um 
So he wants us to do a show on the importance or the dangers of dogma, which is something I'm actually very interested in. So I suspect we will be doing that sometime this semester. That does look, sound like a fun show. Yeah, uh, well, maybe even one we could have an argument in. Yeah, I was thinking that might be one that causes an argument. <laughs> <laughs> since, since apparently that's what our that's what our listeners are, are eager for. They they want to hear the cage match. WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got a similar email, and actually my friend from college and seminary, Justin Ronaldo, sent it to the podcast. Uh, he requested actually seven different topics, about three of which I could actually talk about if I needed to. Um, <laughs> oh, Tell him to start his own podcast. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. You He's know, got enough he, material. You know, one, one of the people he wanted to hear an episode about was Marilyn Robinson. and I'll, oh, I'll, I'll, I should know, but I don't. I mean, she's an existentialist. No kidding. Okay, because I, I read that name and I said, oh, I probably should know this person, but I don't. She is the uh, person other than Updike who really, really uses the theology of Karl Barth, which means there is absolutely no excuse for my not having read her, but I have not read her. All right, all right. <laughs> she also, also just wrote a book called Absence of Mind that's kind of making the rounds right now about about how atheism can't explain consciousness. But I'm not interested right. in that topic. I, I really, we really should pick one of her books. Each of us pick one and talk about it, I suppose, because she's she's definitely someone who should have been on my comps list and wasn't for whatever reason. Okay. Because I hate women. I don't know. <laughs> I, that's the only explanation I can come up with. Yeah, you're gonna hear about that when you're well, actually, when your wife gets home. If she's already home, you might hear about it even more shortly. <laughs> gonna be beating down my door. <laughs> Uh, Justin also requested an episode on Rowan Williams, the Archbishop of Canterbury. Uh, I have read some of his work, but I don't know if I'm familiar enough to moderate an entire episode on it. Uh, are, you, are you guys familiar with his corpus at all? I heard an interview with him once. I heard the name and I thought Rowan Atkinson. Which That's always what right. I think. He, I think he should always look like Mr. Bean. And then he looks like Dostoevsky. I mean, he has a big, long Russian Orthodox beard. All right, so Justin, we're 0 for 2. 0 for 3 comes when he suggests an episode on William F. Lynch's book, Christ and Apollo. Never heard and then of we get into some that we might be able to talk about. And this, these are the ones that I'm most interested in, guys. And these all sound like good ideas for episodes. We might write them up. I might write them up. Uh, one, he asked, you know, if we could do an episode on specifically Protestant literature. And it's interesting, you know, when I hear that phrase, I immediately think John Updike, which I know is Michael Farmer's guy, uh, you know, and then, of course, John Milton, who is, you know, sort of, well, other than Spence, <laughs> well, yeah, well, I was going to, I was going to say the first genuinely Protestant poet, but then I, I think, okay, there's also Spencer in there. And yeah, her... I was about to say, man, I mean, you, you can't, you can't beat up on Spencer and, you know, come on, man. <laughs> Let's just have a sorry, Milton sorry. versus Spencer contest. We could do that. <laughs> he also requested one on poetry and theology. That sounds fun. Uh, he asked for one on responses to the new atheists. Uh, of the books he suggested, Terry Eagleton, uh, Marilyn Robinson, David Bentley Hart, Keith Ward, I have read Eagleton's book, and I have David Bentley Hart's on my Amazon wish list. Michael, you mentioned Marilyn Robinson, so I mean that might be something we could do. Maybe there's also the... there's also Karen Armstrong's book, uh, A Defense okay. of God. I think it's A Defense of God. And there's a there's a James P. Cars book I'm using in my dissertation called The Religious Case Against Belief. That's that's a uh, agnostic defense of of religion. 
Right. Then there's also the collection uh, God is Dead and I Don't Feel So Good Myself, which I actually reviewed on the blog. So, Justin, if you want to look at that, uh, maybe you can get a taste of that early. And then Every finally, time we talk about the new atheism, though, I get bogged down in comments on the blog uh, <laughs> and lose lose a lot of sleep. Well, so and I'm, then the that, that may one, have to be a point one with just you and Grubs. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final one, and this one I actually thought I might, and this is a, a pipe dream. I don't know if it would ever happen. Uh, but our new vice president of academic affairs here at Emmanuel College is an economist by specialty. Uh, and Justin requested an episode on theology and economics. And I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great to have my boss on here We'd have on to the really podcast. watch our mouths, though. <laughs> I would anyway. <laughs> but anyway, Justin, a lot of good ideas. I think we're definitely going to make episodes out of some of these. Uh, you know, as far as my own uh, ideas for where this season could go, I'd like to do an episode on Plato, and I think we're actually going to do that next week. Cool. Uh, you know, I would like to do some more episodes on sort of intellectual giants that we're all three familiar with. Maybe we could have a Spencer episode, guys. So We've well, can... read Spencer, haven't we? Have we all read The Fairy Queen? Yeah, yeah. we have. Yeah. We have. Awesome. So, you know, <laughs> those are things that I'm interested in, you know. I, I have thought about doing sort of a follow-up on youth culture type things, you know, simply because we're all college teachers. We all work with relatively young folks. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I've got all kinds of ideas rolling around. You'll just kind of have to see which ones roll up when. Yeah. And if you ever want to know how little we know, send us uh, seven requests for episodes and see how many of them we can even begin to talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I, I think we can do four of these. I really do. You'll see that we plot our episodes very carefully to make sure we don't talk about anything we don't know about. Yeah, you, you, we maintain the illusion of omniscience by carefully charting our way through the things that we actually do know. There's actually a term for that in English, though. It's called being an academic. <laughs> right. Um I had a few ideas. I, I really like your um, uh, Christian music and church music idea, Michael. Um, I, I'm pretty pumped about that. I was a huge um, Christian rock fan in high school, and you'll, you guys will hear all about it. Well, I was thinking. Um, I, I, my, I guess my interests lie more in uh, music in in church proper, like music and liturgy. Um, you know what music goes on during a service, uh, which there's there's some overlap. Um, so you're suggesting we split the music episode into two episodes, which I'm totally good with. Um, Maybe three, like we do with movies. Huh? Huh? Ah. You can come up with the third one. Oh, I think. I'll think on it. I'll think on it. I think Nick. I think Nick old school could. rap. <laughs> <laughs> good times. Um. Also, I've wanted to get into uh, uh, do it do an episode with archaeology. Uh, that's something that's been kind of floating in the back of my mind for a while. Oh, fun. And one, uh, this was actually su- suggested by one of our readers, Sean Reed, uh, tangentially. Um, he made a comment to me once uh, about uh, some similarities that he saw in form between some Welsh literature that we'd both been exposed to in a class and the, uh, the genealogies, in, uh, especially in the Pentateuch. Now, who and, are you going to get to play Michael and Nathan in that episode? 
David. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Well, what I was going to hey, widen... I could do the Pentateuch thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was going to widen it out to uh, influence a Bible on literature in terms of the form. Um, you know, how, wh- where do we see not just not just the ideas that are in the Bible, but Bible as literature and its influence on literature, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's something that, that sometimes gets left out of, uh, uh, well, the classes as we teach them. I, I, I know that uh, I certainly was not exposed to uh, the Psalms, particularly as translated in the Geneva Bible and then later in the, uh, you know, the King James uh, when when talking about uh, early modern poetry, and it's kind of kind of hard to ignore um, if if you do know the Psalms and then look for connections. Anyway, I don't want to go ahead and do that episode right now, so I better stop <laughs> talking. Um, I, was, uh, I was thinking when when we did the uh, God and Country episode, which was one of our yeah. very first episodes, and is actually still our like second most popular, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked. I was going to ask you guys a question about the Christian right versus the Christian left, and really, which one's more aggravating? And uh, Nathan, <laughs> Nathan told me to cut it and make it into its own episode. And I think we do one political episode per season usually, so this may be the year for the Christian right versus the Christian left. Who's more aggravating? Talk about cage <laughs> matches. Well, I think round about November we're going to get some annoyance on both sides of the on both sides of the aisle. So, oh, that's might- true. I forgot it's an election year. Yeah, fresh. So and yeah, I, I imagine we'll probably do that one—the Christian right versus the Christian left. Cool. That's right. Um, the Christian Humanist Voters Guide, <laughs> or non-voters guide, in my case. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, we can't actually issue a voters guide because then they might revoke our tax-exempt status. But we, we can pronounce on it Cathedra. <laughs> if we it, look, if we if we have a Republican candidate on, we just have to have a Democrat one on too. Yeah, do you think any of them would talk to us? It depends on how local you want to get. <laughs> true, true, true. Um, also, I think uh, it seems like once a season we brought up some kind of a pedagogical subject. Um, so, you know, it might be good to, to you know, put on our academic, qua-academic and uh, teacherly hats on at some point. That's That was fun. Well, I, th- I think I think that's just about it. Yeah, we got a short um, episode this week because we're just kind of looking back and ahead. But we'll have we'll be back with a, a, a longer one next Tuesday. Right now, I do need to do a quick commercial break, guys. Want to recommend? Re- want to remind our listeners that uh, CWC, the radio show, is back for the fall season, mm. uh, and that unlike ours, which runs on a continuous numeration, uh, theirs you have to resubscribe to CWC, the radio show every season. So if you subscribed back in the spring, you need to resubscribe for the fall. It's a great show over there. We like those folks a great deal. Uh, and it's worth listening to. They always have smart things to say. It's a fun podcast. Mm-hmm. You'll enjoy it. CWC. There's way the more radio. American Idol on their show than on ours. We could have more American Idol on our show. But... Uh, Although uh, on the blog today, there is a picture <laughs> of Billy Idol. <laughs> <laughs> Which should, which should show you where Nathan Gilmore's pop cultural knowledge uh, begins and ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can tell you the month where it ends, Michael. It's uh, May 1995 when I left high school. We had a, uh, we had a professor in graduate school 
and we're off topic, but we've we've got 28 minutes till we get to an hour, so I think we're okay. Uh, I had a professor <laughs> in graduate school who every single pop cultural reference he made stopped in 1983. So he would reference like <laughs> girls just want to have fun and burning down the house by the talking heads, and he would reference these as though they were very very recent songs, right? So we looked into it, my friend, my friend Joel and I, and we found out that he graduated uh, college in like 1983, 84, and that uh, that his pop cultural knowledge completely ended when he entered graduate school. <laughs> those of uh, those of our listeners who may be considering going to graduate school might bear that in mind. You you can't you can't be cool anymore. Yeah, there's a warning in that. <laughs> Well, so we're talking about Plato uh, on our next episode? That's right, David. Next week, we're going to talk about Plato, one of the great minds of the ancient world. Some would say the greatest. Uh, We're going to be talking about a couple of his dialogues. We're not going to try to treat his whole corpus. Uh, But we're also going to talk about some of his influence, some folks who have reacted against him, uh, and why people get so much mileage out of slamming him, I would argue (laughs) inaccurately, because that is one of my pet peeves. I'm going to be the moderator, so by grab, we're going to talk about it. Nathan is talking specifically about Brian McLaren, I suspect. <laughs> Although not only not only Brian McLaren, there are also other people who get Plato wrong for temporary benefit. You and just, just can't keep your hands forward. out of that hornet's nest, can you? <laughs> no, I really can't. I, I, I was last semester in a rhetoric graduate course over at UGA. I was the defender of Plato. <laughs> Well, all right, you, uh, uh, the listeners, uh, tune in for the next episode to uh, hear all of Nathan's pet shop worth of peeves. Um, <laughs> pet shop. Well, uh, pet shop, yeah, pet peeves. Right. Oh, I get the pet peeves. Whole, whole uh, I get it. I'm slow on the uptake. <laughs> well, I guess that's it for today. Um, if you want to uh, send us any more suggestions for topics and uh, expose our ignorance. Uh, you can send them to uh, thechristianhumanist at gmail.com. Uh, you can also check out our blog at uh, christianhumanist.org slash chb. And uh, I think that's it. Um, I wish you all good weeks. Uh, goodbye from uh, me, David Grubbs, from Michael Farmer, and from Nathan Gilmore. And uh, Luther's words are still just as applicable now as they were in the last two semesters. Let your sin be strong, but let your faith be stronger. Humans in the spring, they-